The Joy of M Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Give it to Gurley. Starts straight, breaks out, bounces to the near side, stiff arms. Gurley 20, Gurley 25, he hurt on the man! Oh my goodness! He hurt on the guy and got about eight more yards! Welcome to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny, Pool, Patio, and Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about the upcoming matchup between the Tennessee Volunteers and the Georgia Bulldogs, and I wanted to get a fan perspective from each one of those schools to hear their thoughts for the upcoming matchup, and so today I'm joined by Drew Davis. He's originally from Montgomery, Alabama. He currently resides in Dothan, and he's a fan of the Georgia Bulldogs. Drew, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Just, you know, resting, but I'm really good. Man, thank you for being on the sweet spot, man. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, you're a fan of the Georgia Bulldogs. Tell me, how did you become a fan of Georgia? Man, it was this very clear, man, to me. It was 2001. Georgia was playing Wisconsin in the Outback Bowl, and man, I was. I, it was like the biggest motivation of my life, man. I've never been so motivated. I seen David Pollock play for the first time. That's mm-hmm. actually was the probably the first full football game I ever watched in my life. I was 11 years old, man. <laughs> 11, and I was like, man, I, I didn't play football up until that point. So yeah. when I watched that, and, you know, of course, the Outback Bowl, you know, January, one of the bowl games. So, you know, that next school year, that summer, I started playing football. And it was, you know, David Pollock and George is the reason why I started playing football. It's the first full football game I watched, and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the passion. I just fell in love with all of it, and Georgia just naturally became my favorite football team. Yeah, David Pollock was a, a baller, man. Like so I remember watching him play linebacker for Georgia, and he was just a stud for the Bulldogs. And you know, we still see him now on television as an analyst on ESPN. And this guy definitely knows his stuff. Now, now, Drew, let me ask you. You said David Pollock was the reason you began playing football. Did you play linebacker after that, or what position did you play? I played the same position he played. I played defensive end starting off uh, in actually in high school when I got to pick my number. I, pl- I played with the same number he had as well. So was that 47? Was that right? Yeah, I was yeah. 47. People were like, man, you want to be 47? I was like, yeah. I didn't care. To, you know, that wasn't a typical number that people pick. You know, people want low numbers, uh, number 52 like Ray Lewis. and uh, I wanted number 47 because that was my motivation. And... You know, just like Superman had his S, I felt like forty-seven was my S. <laughs> you know, I was it was I had, I wore the same face the same face mask on his helmet and everything, man. Like it was just um, start calling myself Drew Pollock at one point. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was it was just it just natural to me, man. And like I just wasn't I wasn't a physical guy, physical young young boy growing up. You know, I wasn't really into sports and. You know, of course, I watched like the Lakers and, you know, Bulls and stuff when I was younger, but I was just watching it because, you know, like bandwagon. But Georgia, that game really did something for me. Now, Drew, give me your thoughts on Stetson Bennett and the work he's done so far. I mean, coming in to relieve DeJuan Mathis against Arkansas and then beating the Tigers last weekend in Athens. Man, Stetson Bennett is like a. This is like a scene out of a movie, you know, where the the little guy comes in and you know saves the day almost. Man, it's like a it's like a you know it's not a storybook ending yet because you know we're still in the thick of things and it's just the beginning. And but you know I really 
you know, I remember Stetson Bennett from a long time ago, man, when he was, you know, just coming on and, you know, people say he played with Matthew Stafford, but <laughs> they're exaggerating. <laughs> but man, I, um, <laughs> it had been uh, 10 years, but I really, I really like Stetson Bennett's, uh, I really like his, uh, moxie and his poise in the, in the, in the game, man. He's, he's not playing like, you know, I'm happy to be here. He's playing like we're here to win. I'm here to win, help win. And I appreciate that, you know. So a lot of analysts say that, you know, he's a game manager and, you know, all he has to do is run an offense. There's a, there's a truth to, to some of that to an extent. But I feel like, you know, he's a big part of why, you know, we won on two games the way we did. Now, what else impressed you in that 27-6 to win over Auburn? I mean, nobody really expected it to be so one-sided. I know I didn't for sure. I thought it was going to be a closer game than that. But, I mean, what else impressed you in that game over the Tigers? Uh, one thing that impressed me the most was our, you know, our we, we controlled the line of scrimmage. And that's what everybody's talking about. You know, but the 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 secondary play very, very, very well. And that's one of our areas seems to be most our weakness sometimes on defense. You know, going back and it's, and it's weird to say that because Kirby Smart being an ex-defensive defensive back when he played for Georgia, uh, four years, four years, two-year starter, um, and he helped coach the secondary the most. But I was really impressed with our secondary, you know, because everybody talked – everybody, everyone was talking about those two receivers and how well they do against competition. And it was just – it was just, it was a sight to see, you know, I was, you know, pretty much shutting them down. And you're exactly right. It's exactly what Georgia did in that game. I mean, holding Bo Nix to 177 passing yards on 41 attempts. I mean, holding the Tigers to a 1.8 yards per carry average on the ground. The Bulldogs, man, they really shut up a lot of those critics from that Arkansas game and definitely – dominated that game from start to finish against the Auburn Tigers. I what well, I just I gotta add this in there. I, I don't okay. appreciate how the narrative changed with Auburn with Auburn yeah. though. Yeah. Cause before the game, everybody was talking about yes, yeah, Auburn, you know, they lost some people, but they're still very talented and, you know, they still got this and they're gonna really compete with Georgia. So, you know, there was I think it's gonna be a one point game, a three point game and Georgia dominates them and the narrative changed. Uh, Auburn really doesn't have a lot of talent. Auburn really shot themselves in the foot. And it's taken away from Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I don't appreciate that. You know, I really feel like Georgia game plan very well. And that defense did what it does. It, you know, is a very stingy defense. They flow to the ball. They play very, very disciplined. Because Auburn does a lot to try to, you know, that I can. You know, mm-hmm. I want you to look over here so I can throw over here. I want you to look right here so I can run up in the middle. And that did not work. You're right about that, man. Uh, you can't discredit what the Georgia Bulldogs did against a very solid Auburn team. Like, the talent is there. You can't take away anything from what Georgia did because, uh, you know, they definitely made a huge statement in that victory last Saturday. Now, I'm joined by Del, uh, by Drew Davis. I'm about to say Dell Davis, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm glad I wasn't named that. I'm, I'm- Drew <laughs> – Hey, Dale. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm joined by Drew Davis, originally from Montgomery, Alabama, uh, currently resides in, in Dothan to talk about his Bulldogs. Now, 
Georgia has completely dominated their rivals as of late. I mean, last week was their fourth straight win over Auburn. They have three straight wins over Florida and three straight wins over Tennessee. Why do you think the Bulldogs have had so much success over those three schools? Oh, man, I want to, you know, I really want to say the coaching. People love to put a lot of, you know, Kirby Smart doesn't really have a lot of on-field development, but I really feel he does. And his process may be different from others. And and no, we're not a baby. <laughs> we're not a, a twin of Alabama. I think George is just a, a great version of itself. You know, I think Kirby has done a lot to change the culture to where, you know, winning is the attitude. It's a winning attitude. It's not as we think we're good enough. No, we are good. We are good enough. They are good enough to win a national championship. You know, his second year, he brought them all the way there, and nobody, nobody seen that coming. No one. And of course, last year we just had a drop off. You know, you got six top six of your, your, your top passers, pass um, receivers go to the mm-hmm, league. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. You know, you're gonna six productive players go to the league off your offense, you're going to you're going to uh, have a downfall, down yeah. drop in production. Yeah, so, I agree. I totally but, agree. But I just really, uh, you know, I, with the losses that Kirby, you know, took to Tennessee and Florida and and Auburn, the, the last loss they took was really bad losses. Really very, very bad losses. And, you know, when... <laughs> When Gus Malzahn said we beat the dog crap out of them, he made the biggest mistake of his life. Mm-hmm. You know, Kirby, he gets in front of these podiums and he say, you know, we're not thinking about that. You know, we're focused on this. You really think in practice you're not? He's not bringing that up. Mm-hmm. That's a big. That's that's a big motivator. Yeah. That pass that that Tennessee was the last time they beat us mm-hmm. for that hail mary. You think he? You think he's not bringing that up in practice? Of course he is. Yeah. Of course he is. That that type of thing, those type of things motivate them to win three three games, four games in a row against a rival. Now, as Georgia prepares for their uh, another battle against their rival Tennessee this Saturday, what's one of your favorite moments that you can recall against the Volunteers? My single most favorite moment was twenty twenty. Was it 2014? Todd Gurley had 208 yards rushing. He had 40, 30 yards receiving. You know, he had two rushing touchdowns. And, and it was one of my favorite moments because that's when, you know, Todd Gurley really had to carry the team because the team wasn't playing well. You know, before he got on his run, Georgia was down 10-0. So um, he really had to, you know, come into his own and take over. You know, I've seen his leadership skills take over, and Todd Gurley just could not be stopped. He, he transformed into a monster that game. And, I, you know, seeing any, seeing any of my running backs run for 200 yards is crazy because, mm-hmm. you know, Georgia is, is a stable, mm-hmm. you know, it's by committee. Run, it's a running back committee team. You know, he, they're going to hand the ball to, you know, three or four different running backs a game. And to see one running back have 200 yards is just, you know, it's a very different look for Georgia. But that was my single most favorite moment to see. And it was more of a game moment as in the tired game. But it was a, you know, top girly moment in time type thing. Yeah, you spoke on that running back 
by committee that they have one, two, three guys that can throw at you at any time. I mean, you go back to when Noshawn Marino was there with Thomas Oof. Brown. I mean, you look at Nick Chubb and uh, Sony Michelle, Todd Gurley, Keith, Keith Marshall. Marshall. You know, yeah. <laughs> you said it right out of my mouth, man. I mean, the Bulldogs constantly have a one-two punch that either one of those guys can go off on you uh, on any given Saturday, man. So, you know, uh, George is always a force to reckon with in that running game. And like I said, don't let them get a QB like a Matt Stafford or Aaron Murray, somebody like that. We'll see if Stetson Bennett, how he continues to regress uh, for this season. But, man, whenever they get that passing attack along with it, they're really, you know, giving you the hands full, man. But we have number 14, Tennessee, number three, Georgia, this Saturday at 2.30 on CBS. Drew, before I let you go, man, give me your thoughts and your predictions on the game. First thing I'm going to do, I'm going to take the, the rankings off. Okay. I'm going to take the rankings off. It's Georgia versus Tennessee. No matter what the rankings are, they play each other like it's a championship game. And Georgia needs to come in with that same mentality. They need to come in with a, hey, you know, this is, you know, this is, they need to look at Tennessee like they're the number one team in the nation. And they need to bring their absolute all. Because I guarantee Georgia's not overlooking Tennessee because it's a lot of talk about how great their offensive line is, how great their running backs are. And I really, and I, and Kirby loves that. He loves that talk. So, you know, I um, don't think it's going to be an easy game for either for either party. But I do feel like the talent level is is much higher for Georgia. Not necessarily mean that they're going to, you know, not necessarily guaranteeing a win. But that does that does bring, you know, an element to the game that, you know, matters as far as the win column and loss column. So, uh Georgia, Tennessee, this Saturday, next week, they have the Crimson Tide. So uh, this is a, in a very important stretch as Georgia's going from Auburn to Tennessee to Alabama next week. You've been listening to Drew Davis from Montgomery, Alabama, currently living in Dothan. Drew, man, I appreciate you being on the sweet spot, and good luck to your Bulldogs this weekend and for the rest of the season. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. With the famous Corey. <laughs> <laughs> man, Drew, I appreciate it, man. I'll definitely uh, have to have you back on as a guest to represent your Bulldogs in the near future. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hopefully hopefully, we'll be talking in the SEC Championship time, but it's one game at a time, so we're going to just talk about Tennessee right now. One game at a time. You heard it from Drew Davis here on The Sweet Spot. You're listening to the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. Hey, this is Alexis Milanowski for the Houston Academy Raiders. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. 
Care Animal Center is a business ministry partner with the Joy FM. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that's dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is care-animal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan. Phone 334-794-6333. Denny Vision is a proud supporter of the Joy FM, and their number one priority is patient satisfaction. They strive to provide a positive experience from the moment each person walks into the office. Denny Vision has an optical lab to create lenses on site, along with a selection of designer optical and sunglass frames. They focus on promoting good eye health while assisting patients in having the clearest vision possible. Their doctors help see the difference, which is their slogan. Located at 151 East Main Street in Dothan, online at DennyVision.com or phone 334-793-2633. Hey, I'm Matt Johnson with the Joy FM Sports team, and you're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Four men near the goal line. Dobbs heaves it. They're bunched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. It is caught. Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings. Welcome back to the Sweet Spot. As you just heard that audio from Vern Lundquist on CBS Sports back in 2016 when Josh Dobbs threw a Hail Mary touchdown pass to Jawan Jennings as time expired. Definitely one of the most memorable moments in this Tennessee-Georgia rivalry. And speaking of this rivalry, you heard from Drew Davis to represent his Georgia Bulldogs in the first segment. Now you're going to hear from Matt Sanderson. He's a resident of Madison, Alabama. He's a lifelong fan of the Tennessee Volunteers. Here's what he had to say about the upcoming matchup. Matt, man, welcome to the sweet spot, man. I'm glad I could have you a part of the show. Glad to be a part of it. Now, Matt, how did you become a Tennessee Volunteers fan in the first place? Well, I'm glad you asked. Like I said, growing up in a whole household full of Alabama fans, you know, my brother, what you know, Chris, my brother, Chris, my dad, they all was Alabama fans. And, you know, when I was younger, they took me to a lot of games. And, uh, you know, I've always wanted to be a little different from the crowd. Um, didn't want to be root for the same teams as my brother. And, uh, you know, so, like I said, growing up, uh, Peyton Manning came around and, uh, you know, was just – Ever since 95, you know, um, Tennessee and Florida, you know, was a big rivalry and it was a big matchup in the 90s, like Alabama LSU is now. And, um, you know, I just decided, you know, I heard Rocky Top and I was like, you know, I like this team. And it just, you know, it just kept growing and growing. And like I said, growing up, uh, Tennessee was the team in the 90s and early 2000s and outside of Florida, um, you know, so... I just I just took a liking to him. Now, who would you say is your all time favorite? Is it Peyton Manning or is there somebody else that uh that you have in mind? See, I'm I'm a, I'm a defensive fan, so I I mean I love Peyton Manning. I love Pierce Price. You know, I love Travis Henry, Jamal Lewis, T. Martin, mm-hmm. all them guys. But I'm a defensive guy, so guys like Leonard Little, Al Wilson, Deion Grant, Eric Berry. Um, 
you know, the list can go on, but, you know, just to name a few, um, those would be my guys. Man, yeah, you took it back there with that list yeah, you just yeah, made. Yeah, I took it back there because, like I said, with the Derek Julian Bush Jones there, I ain't much to talk about. <laughs> Now, you mentioned Derek Dooley and Butch Jones. We'll talk about them a little bit later. But uh, we know Tennessee's rivals are Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Vanderbilt. Out of those four teams, rank them from four to one, with four being the least disliked team and one being the most disliked team. Well, this is just my opinion. Like I said, you can ask other Tennessee fans. They might disagree with me. Uh, The least liked of course, would be Vanderbilt. I mean, they've, of course, they've had their times of beating us, you know, um, but you, you can't hate on Vandy. I don't think, I think everybody can agree with me on that. Um, I would say Georgia be three. Um, to me, I'm going to throw a curveball at two because I know a lot of fans will say, a lot of fans will say Alabama at one, but like I said, when I was growing up, um, Florida you know, because Alabama had Mike Shula, Mike DeBose, and, you know, they were they were kind of struggling. I think they were on probation for a little while. So, you know, it's not like what you see now. Um, so I'm going to say Alabama 2 and Florida being 1. Okay, yeah, that's a pretty interesting list. Like you said, you mentioned that most people would say Alabama number 1, and I kind of expected, you know, maybe you would say number 1 also, but – you had a great point well, saying that during that time they weren't really at their strong point. Well, people get mad at me because they think I'm a, you know, a closet Bama fan. But, you know, I have to watch Alabama because of my family. I mean, that's just, you know, we call each other or if we're not watching the games together. So, it's, it, you know, I can't hate on Alabama because if I did, I, you know, when I was younger, I, I wouldn't have nothing to eat. So, I had to. <laughs> <laughs> I had a roof or I guess watch them and so yeah I uh, I have no problem with Alabama even though you know they're having a lot of success right now but all teams go through cycles I mean but what Alabama's doing under Saban it you know we thought with the Bear Bryant era we thought you know it wouldn't it wouldn't be like that no more but Alabama's been blessed with two of the greatest coaches of all time yeah, you're right about that, man. They definitely have. It's been uh, nothing but success on their savings uh, regime, man, and we expect him to be there, I guess, a few more years. Once he gets yeah. tied on his belt, maybe he'll hang him up for good. Yeah, but, you know, you don't ever want to follow a legend, so I'm curious to see who the next coach will be. But like you said, I see him there at least three, maybe five more years, depending on his health. And, you know, if he wants to keep on coaching, I mean, we don't know. So I'm joined by Matt Sanderson of Madison, Alabama, to talk about his Tennessee Volunteers. Now, Matt, since Philip Fulmer's departure in 2008, it's been a bit rocky on Rocky Top with, you know, of course, Lane Kippen's one-year in Knoxville, Derek Dooley's 419 record in the conference, and then Butch Jones went under 500 in the SEC as well. What is it about Jeremy Pruitt that makes him different from those other coaches? Because I think, you know, with Jeremy Pruitt's coaching pedigree, you know, he, he started out at Hoover High School. And then, of course, you know, he was assistant at Alabama. Then he went to Florida State. And then he went to Georgia as a defense coordinator. Then he came back and, you know, was a defense coordinator at Alabama. I just think Jeremy Pruitt has had a lot of help 
you know, good coaches um, that has taught him the way. And I just like how Jeremy Pruitt, he practices uh, the way he practices uh, his players. And, you know, he, 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 he gets it. Like, you know, under Bush Jones, uh, we never had offensive line over 300 pounds outside of Trey Smith, which he's, you know, Trey Smith is one of the best offensive linemen uh, in the nation. Um, you know, he'll be a first-round pick in the next year's NFL draft. But as you see, our strength is our offensive line, and we all have 300-pound offensive linemen. And, you know, as you know, Corey, being an Auburn fan, it's all about trenches in the SEC you win with the offensive line and defensive line. And like I said, it starts from the ground up. And um, I just think Jeremy Pruitt is kind of he, – he brought back some excitement to the Tennessee program. Yes, I know last year, you know, getting beat to Georgia State and BYU, starting out 0-2, um, he could have lost the program easily. could have lost the team. But he bounced back. Yes, I know we're on the eight-game winning streak, the longest in the SEC. But – I mean, even though it is good, but like I said, you beating teams, Missouri, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Indiana, you know, now that he's under year three, um, you know, do I expect him to beat either Georgia, Florida, Alabama? I'm going to say no, but as long as he's showing signs of improvement and can, you know, compete with them top three teams in the SEC, uh, as long as he keeps recruiting four or five stars, you know, he's getting players – like Alabama wants, Auburn wants, LSU wants, and he's he's stealing them players, and he's keeping, you know, this uh, the great talent in Tennessee that we do have. He's keeping them at, in house, and I just think Bush Jones, Derek Dooley, they couldn't do that, and um, you know, so we'll see. Now, Matt, before we get into Tennessee, Georgia. What have you seen in the first two games against South Carolina, Missouri, that's pleased your eye? Well, the South Carolina game, I thought, um, you know, I thought the defense was a little weak, you know, because first drive, South Carolina just marched down the field and, you know, scored on them. And um, I just think as the game wore on, uh, like I said, but Colin Hill, you know, with South Carolina and Will Muschamp, he finally uh, got him a good offensive coordinator and Mike Bobo. And, um, you know, and Colin Hill, he's, he's looked good so far, even – even, you know, he got beat to Florida and Tennessee, but he's looked good in them two showings. Um, the big thing, I think, with Tennessee fans is how, can we trust Garantano? Um, you know, of course, it's Jim Chaney's second year uh, with Garantano. So, you know, as of right now, he looks like he's more comfortable. But losing receivers like Juwan Jennings and Marquez Callaway and Dominique Wood Anderson are tied in. That hurt, uh, but we do have uh, Josh Palmer and got some young receivers in Ramel Keaton and Jalen Wyatt, uh, or Jalen Hyatt, I'm sorry. Um, you know, so I would say the, the South Carolina game, it was good because it's, it's, it, it's always good to get a road win, even though with the coronavirus, you know, limited seating, um, but still, it's still an SEC win. And I think the Missouri game, um, you know, it showed how good our offensive line can be with our running attack with Eric Gray and Ty Chandler. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we'll see what we got against Georgia because, 
we're going to see, all right, is Garantano with another year under his belt with Jim Chaney, is he going to, is he going to be comfortable? Because I know with Georgia's defense, they're going to they're gonna throw some blitzes at him. And, 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 you know, so I would say that would be my biggest concern as a Tennessee fan right now. Uh, can we trust Garantano? Because, like I said, it's outside of Alabama and Clemson, it's going to take about three or four games for all teams to gel with the, um, you know, lack of spring ball, uh, not knowing if we're going to play. Um, so, you know, but I would say our strength is offensive line, but can we trust Garantano? That's, that will be seen. Now, the last time the vault won over the Bulldogs was on Josh Dobbs, Hail Mary touchdown pass to Jawan Jennings as time expired back in 2016. What do you remember most about that game? I remember when uh, Jacob Eason threw it to Riley Ridley. I was like, oh, this game's <laughs> over with. I, uh, you know, it was disappointing. But, you know, we kind of killed ourselves, even though that was Kirby Smart's first year on the job. Um, you know, I think we was down 17 nothing in the first half. Uh, could be mistaken. But I, I do remember, you know, one of the mistakes that we made. Josh Dobbs threw it to Jalen Hurd for a walk-in touchdown, and he – you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Baker that hit him in the backside, mm-hmm. made him fumble. I mean, just, you know, we kind of killed ourselves, but we played like that all year, it seemed like, uh, you know, because the next week, Texas A&M, we did the same thing. And, you know, we just always played down, you know. I think the first game was Appalachian State. Uh, we was lucky to get out of there with the win. And Florida, or Virginia Tech, I'm sorry, we were down 14 nothing from the get-go, and, then Florida, same issue. And then just seemed like in the second half, we was a one-half team. And thankfully, you know, we did come back and win those games. But ever since the Texas A&M game, you know, we played Alabama the next year. And, and you know how that turned out. We got steamrolled. And uh, then South Carolina, you know, we were supposed to beat South Carolina. We got beat to them. And it just seemed like that right there, I, I was thinking as a fan, you know, this is the time to get rid of Bush Jones because this mm-hmm. was supposed to be – our year to get to the championship game um it didn't happen we lost all that talent and of course the next year you know we didn't win an sec game and they got rid of bush jones so uh but yeah as far as the game goes i mean we was fortunate you know um what i do remember about that play was georgia had lorenzo carter back there And he was supposed to be the guy to tip the ball away but juan jennings got in front of him and fortunately, you know, he, he was able to get the grab, but it was also a nice pass, but that play would have never happened if um, Georgia, like I said, when they uh, scored that touchdown, I think they had a player that ran on the field with their helmet off, and they got an unsportsmanlike penalty. And, of course, we had Eric Berry's little brother, Evan Berry, which, you know, he wasn't as talented as Eric Berry, but he was a great special teams returner, and he got us uh, – in good field position for that play to happen. So that's what I remember about the game. Man, you know, you mentioned Lorenzo Carter being back there. I remember Gary Danielson, like it was yesterday, saying they had Lorenzo Carter back there to play, you know, jump ball. And I'm like, that's not his strong suit, though. He's just, he's a pass rusher. Like, so that was my first 
inkling that, okay, this may not go well for the Bulldogs. When you do something like that and you only have a three-man rush and you got, you know, players playing out of position. So, uh, yeah, that was one of those memorable moments in this Tennessee-Georgia matchup. Now, Matt, you touched on it a little bit, but talk about this year's matchup between the number 14-ranked balls and the number three-ranked Bulldogs. Well, um, from the weather standpoint, I've I've been hearing, you know, of course, we've got a hurricane coming through, and a lot of the, you know, of course, the LSU-Missouri game got moved to Missouri when she was supposed to be played at LSU, and then Ole Miss-Bama game got kicked, uh, I think, an hour and a half later. Uh, so they're calling for rain and wind, you know, um, some rain in Athens, and I think that that helps us out a little more uh, than Georgia because, like I said, our strength is our offensive line, and I just think it's going to be an old-school SEC 90s-type game. You know, it's going to be physical, and like I said, Georgia, their defense is, you know, under Kirby Smart, he's always going to have a good defense, and the players that they recruit, it's going to be a challenge for Tennessee. Um, But, like I said, I think if you watch Georgia from week one to week two, uh, against Arkansas, you know, of course, DeJuan Mathis struggled and they couldn't get Zeus. Uh, I forget his first Zemir. name, but they call him Zeus White. The offense line struggled, but the defense was still, you know, doing what Georgia's defense does. And um, I think, you know, with the Auburn game, it didn't surprise me that Georgia won. It surprised me on how out they just out physical to Auburn because, you know, an Auburn team. You know, under Kevin Steele, they're going to play physical. And I was just surprised how Georgia just moved Auburn off the ball. And, it, it, you know, when it comes to Tennessee, like I said, Georgia's going to throw some blitzes at Garantano. And are we going to get the same Garantano that we're used to? Or are we going to get the Garantano, the same Garantano that when – they played Auburn a couple years mm-hmm. ago. You know, he, he looked like a Heisman Trophy candidate. Um, I would say uh, Tennessee will keep it close because, uh, like I said, you do have K. Mays and Jim Chaney. So you do have, you know, uh, people on the Tennessee players and the coaching staff that is familiar with Georgia. Um, but I just think Georgia's too much. But I will say if uh, – I'm not sold on Stetson Bennett just yet. And are we going to see JT Daniels? I don't know. But I will say um, Derek Ansley and Jeremy Pruitt's probably going to dial up some pressure to get to Stetson Bennett. But I just think with Georgia's talent, I'm looking at a 27, either 27-14 or 27-17 type game. Matt, man. I truly appreciate you coming through the sweet spot, man. I know, uh, like I said, as long as I've known you, you've always been diehard Tennessee, very knowledgeable of the balls, not just in football, but in the Tennessee program in general. So, uh, man, I appreciate you being a guest on on my show. Anytime you need me, Corey, like I said, you you can always feel free to get get in touch with me. And I I love talking football, and if you want to talk – College basketball, you know, I, you know, I love Tennessee. I love college basketball and Tennessee basketball, and you know, so uh, feel free to get in touch with me whenever. I'll do it, man. Matt, good luck to your balls this weekend and for the rest of the season as well. All right, Corey, I appreciate you having me on, man. You take it easy. 
You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is a proud business ministry partner with the Joy FM. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Now locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp, Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Phone 334-671-POOL. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, as we close with today's Triple C segment, and this is what I want to share with you today. Avoiding God's will, plan, and purpose for your life is similar to being on a treadmill. At the end of the day, all the hard work, sweat, and pain leaves you right where you started from the beginning. You may have felt like you were going somewhere, but all you did was run in a circle. When we run away from what God would have us to do, his plan and purpose for our lives. All, we, all we're doing is delaying the process. I mean, he has a specific destination, time and place that he has already orchestrated for us from the beginning of time. So once we're running away from that, all we're doing is unnecessary hard work, unnecessary worrying and doubting and, and stressing out. I mean, once you get in connection of understanding what God has planned and purpose for your life, just accept it. Just be obedient to it. Just be willing to understand that this is what God has purpose for me from the very start of my life. Don't run from it because all you're doing is delaying the inevitable. And always remember there is nothing better than being in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot on the Joy FM Sports Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.